Matt Hughes was at one point the pound-for-pound -pound greatest fighter in the world. The man who won the UFC welterweight championship has been involved in some of the biggest moments in MMA history. This led to him becoming one of the promotion's biggest stars. Although he was instrumental to helping popularize the UFC welterweight division, he isn't regarded as the greatest 170-pounder of all time. So how good was Matt Hughes actually? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today we're going to be talking about Matt Hughes. This is a video that has been requested many times since I started my channel. And I understand why, because Matt truly was the best in the world for a good chunk of time. When people people think about the greatest welterweight of all time, the name George St. Pierre comes up first. But let's not allow that to overshadow Matt's amazing career that was filled with many accolades and accomplishments. So in this video, we will take a look at his career to really understand how good he was. Before we get to it, as always, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But all members, including my intro members, get early access to my videos and video to the Keon Kamara podcast. Plus, all their money goes to a good cause. This month, it was donated to Dustin Poirier's non-for-profit called The Good Fight. So if you want to donate to The Good Fight, the information will be down below. Now let's get to it. Matt began his MMA career on January 1st, 1998 at the age of 25. He was a two-time NCAA Division I All-American wrestler prior to making his debut. To help with his transition into the sport, he became a member of Militich Fighting Systems. Matt went 4-0 with three of those wins coming by first-round finishes via strikes. Two of those wins occurred on the same night on October 17th, 1998 before he fought for a third time against Dennis Hallman. Matt shot for a takedown immediately, but Dennis caught him in a standing guillotine that put him to sleep. The fight lasted 17 seconds. Regardless of this loss, Matt bounced back with four straight wins before making his UFC debut at UFC 22. He defeated Valerie Ignatov by unanimous decision by taking the fight down and throwing ground and pound. In fact, most of Matt's fights were him taking the fight down immediately where he would throw fight-ending shots or secure the submission. And as simple and repetitive as that may sound, 22 fighters were unable to stop it. Except for Dennis Hallman, of course, who Matt fought again at UFC 29. And this time it lasted three seconds longer than the first. Matt shot for the takedown immediately and slammed Dennis hard to the ground. And although he slammed him again, he ended up getting caught by an armbar, handing Matt his second pro loss. He came back two months later to fight Jose Pele Landy Johns. Matt immediately clinched up and tried to bring the fight down. But Jose was showing good defense and traded shots in the clinch. He attempted to bring the fight down with a judo hip throw, but Matt ended up on top. Pele eventually escaped and got back up. Matt shot for the takedown but ended up beating a knee that dropped him. Jose followed with more punches before Big John stepped in. Regardless, Matt bounced back with five first round finishes before fighting Hiro Mitsukunara in Japan. Matt secured many takedowns throughout this fight, and although he couldn't throw his usual ground and pound on his opponent's head due to the rules of the promotion, he still ripped some hard shots to the body. Matt also defended Kanara's submission attempts. After three rounds, the judges gave him the unanimous decision. On November 7th, 2001, Matt went back to the UFC to fight for the welterweight championship. His opponent was champion Carlos Newton, who defeated Matt's coach, Pat Miletic, back in May to win the belt. The first round was mostly contested on the ground, and Matt secured multiple takedowns and threw shots from the top. But the BJJ fighter and Carlos reversed the position multiple times. Yet I still think that Matt won the round due to a guillotine attempt and heavy ground and pound in the final seconds. Early in the second, Carlos was taken down again. But while off his back, he locked up a triangle choke. Matt proceeded to lift him up and hold him onto the cage. But this only helped the choke sink in even deeper. So he went for the Hail Mary slam. And this knocked Carlos out cold, making Matt Hughes the new UFC welterweight champion. And while I do say it was a Hail Mary slam, Carlos himself said that Matt was out on his feet from the choke and simply fell down which is believable as Matt had no clue he won until a few moments later. And this was confirmed when he told his corner that he was out. Regardless of this controversial win, his first title defense was at UFC 36 against former Shuto middleweight champion Hayoto Sakurai. Despite getting dropped in round 2 for a moment, Matt was dominant in the fight by taking Sakurai down and throwing ground and pound. 
He eventually finished the fight in the fourth with shots from above. After his first title defense, he called out Carlos Nudin to settle the controversy from their first fight. So the two headlined UFC 38 in London, England, which was the promotion's first event in the UK. Like the first, most of the action was on the ground. In the fourth, Carlos was taken down again and got trapped in a mounted crucifix. Matt rained down the punches before Big John stepped in. He went on to finish 2002 by defending the belt for a third time against Gil Castillo, who he dominated by taking down and throwing ground and pound. An accidental headbutt opened a cut on Castillo's forehead and prior to the second round, the doctor called off the fight. I found this absolutely hilarious because the cut was so small. And of course, this tarnished Matt's victory. His fourth title defense was against fellow wrestler Sean Shirk, who was undefeated going into this fight. And it was fairly competitive as Sean secured takedowns in rounds 3 and 5 and threw some shots from the top. But Matt did the same in rounds 1, 2, and 4. After 5 rounds, he won by unanimous decision. Matt went on to fight former WFA welterweight champion. Frank Trigg. It was a competitive grappling battle early as both men brought each other down and attempted submissions. But Matt eventually secured a standing rear naked choke that forced Frank to tap. This win also broke the record for most consecutive title defenses in the UFC welterweight division. Matt was truly the pound for pound greatest fighter in the world at this point, which made him a huge favorite against BJ Penn who had a record of 6-1-1 one, and, one, and was making his debut at welterweight. And he looked good on his feet early as he tagged Matt a few times. This forced him to shoot for the takedown but BJ denied it and ended up on top. From there he threw some shots before for trying to get a hold of Matt's back, but then BJ got back on top and threw more ground and pound. Regardless, Matt was unable to get up, which is not only rare considering he's usually the stronger fighter, but also shocking because BJ was coming up from lightweight. Eventually, he connected with hard shots before mounting Matt. BJ got a hold of his back and locked in the rear naked choke that forced a tap, making him the new UFC welterweight champion. Matt came back five months later to fight BJ's training partner, Renato Verissimo, at UFC 48. Despite almost being finished in the first by a triangle, Matt survived and went on to dominate the rest of the fight with takedowns and ground and pound. He won by unanimous decision. Matt's next fight was for the vacant welterweight championship after BJ left the UFC. His opponent was the 7-0 George St. Pierre. It was an action-packed round that saw both men trade shots on the feet, take each other down, and connect with ground and pound. But near the end of the first, Matt was taking over with his top control. And with seconds left in the round, he attacked with an armbar that forced St. Pierre to tap, making Matt Hughes the UFC welterweight champion for a second time. His first title defense was a rematch against Frank Trigg. The two traded shots early with Matt throwing a high kick, an attack he is slowly been adding into his arsenal. But then they clinched and Frank connected with a knee to the nuts. Matt looked at referee Mario Yamasaki to stop the action. But of course it wasn't stopped and Frank capitalized by connecting with a bunch of punches that dropped Matt. Frank began throwing heavy ground and pound before getting into full mount. From there he got a hold of Matt's back and looked so close to finishing the fight via rear naked choke. But Matt escaped and went on to lift Frank into the air and carry him to the other side of the cage before slamming him. The crowd was going nuts. And the intensity continued as Matt fully mounted Frank and began to throw big shots from above. Eventually, he got a hold of Frank's back and locked in the rear naked choke that forced a tap. This fight has not only gone down as one of the greatest comebacks, but also one of the greatest in the history of the promotion, with UFC president Dana White admitting that it's his favorite fight in combat sports history. During this year, Matt became a coach for the second season of The Ultimate Fighter opposite UFC middleweight champion Rich Franklin, meaning the two weren't going to be fighting. So Matt's next fight was a non-title bout against late replacement Joe Riggs, who missed the 170-pound limit. The fight still went on, but became a non-title bout of three rounds, which was the first time this happened in the UFC. Matt won the fight by Kimura in the first round. At UFC 60, he fought UFC Hall of Famer Hoist Gracie at a catchweight of 175 pounds. The two opened up the fight by trading strikes with Matt finding more success. Eventually, he took Hoist down and caught him in an arm lock. Despite it being very tight and Hughes later admitting that he heard a pop, Hoist did not tap and looked relatively calm throughout the whole ordeal. Matt realized he wasn't going to tap so he got a hold of his back instead. He flattened Hoist out and threw punches before Big John stepped in. This event also became the best-selling pay-per-view for the UFC 
UFC at the time by drawing 620,000 buys. Matt's second title defense was a rematch against BJ Penn, which of course was highly anticipated. Round one was mostly on the feet as Matt tried to take the fight down multiple times, but BJ displayed amazing takedown defense and countered with shots on the feet. And although Matt was having a hard time bringing the fight down in the second, he finally did and began to throw shots from above. But BJ got a hold of his back and flashbacks of fight one must have entered Matt's mind. Eventually, BJ locked in a triangle armbar that looked really tight, but Matt was saved by the horn. In the third, BJ slowed down considerably and it was later revealed that it was due to a rib injury that he sustained in the second. Matt began to take over by picking him apart on the feet before bringing the fight down. From there, he trapped BJ in a mounted crucifix and began to throw punches before Big John stepped in, making it BJ's first defeat by stoppage. But in Matt's post-fight interview, George St. Pierre entered the cage and took the mic to let Matt and everyone know that he was not impressed with his performance. So at UFC 65, the two fought for a second time. And overall, GSP was the aggressor on the feet by connecting and throwing at a high rate, which included a couple of accidental nut shots. Matt tried to take the fight down but was unsuccessful at doing so. This led to a combo of punches from George that looked close to ending the fight before the horn went off. Regardless, Matt continued to eat shots in the second before getting dropped by a head kick. George rushed in with more shots from above before Big John stepped in, making him the new UFC welterweight champion. Matt bounced back with a dominant decision win against Chris Lytle at UFC 68 before fighting George St. Pierre for a third time. This time it was for the interim welterweight championship after George lost his title to the new and injured champion, Matt Serra. Much like their second fight, GSP was dominant, but this time he was the one who brought the action down where he threw ground and pound. Matt was eventually finished in the second round via armbar. I do also want to bring up that prior to this fight, Matt left Team Militich to form his own camp called Hughes Intensive Training. Five months later, he fought Tiago Alves, who missed weight by four pounds. Although Matt had difficulties with trying to bring the fight down, he eventually did and maintained top position for most of the round. But the second was all Tiago, who connected with a knee to Matt's head that opened up a cut. He connected with more punches before landing a flying knee, which was followed by ground and pound that forced Herb Dean to step in. After this, Matt became a coach on the sixth season of The Ultimate Fighter opposite former UFC welterweight champion, Matt Serra. The two went on to fight at UFC 98. Although Hughes got rocked bad by an accidental headbutt, he survived and ended the round with Serra's back. Hughes dominated the second round with his wrestling, and that continued in the beginning of the third. After three rounds, Hughes won by unanimous decision. At UFC 112, he fought Hansel Gracie, who was 43 years old going into this fight. The first two rounds were a feeling out process, but the third round was a beat down by Matt who began to connect with vicious leg kicks. This eventually led to a barrage of punches that forced Herb Dean to step in. Following this victory, Matt was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. He came back at UFC 117 to fight Ricardo Almeida. The two traded shots before Matt connected with a left hook that dropped Almeida. He proceeded to finish the fight with a Dave Schultz front headlock. After these three wins, Matt fought BJ Penn for a third time. BJ pressed the action early by connecting with strikes. He eventually landed a right hand that dropped Matt who was finished on the ground by more punches. At UFC 135, he fought Josh Koscheck. Matt got rocked by a barrage of punches in the final minute of round one before getting knocked out cold with one second remaining. On January 4th, 2013, he announced his retirement from MMA. So after going 45 and 9 in a career that saw him become a longtime UFC welterweight champion, how good was Matt Hughes actually? He was crucial to the growth of the UFC welterweight division. In fact, I believe his greatness set the present day standard. Matt's wrestling was so dominant, and when he brought his opponents down, he would brutalize them with ground and pound or try to lock up a submission. Even Joe Rogan said himself that Matt would be a black belt if he trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like I said earlier in this video, his game plan seems like a very simple and repetitive one. But alongside his strength, Matt did it in a way where it seemed unstoppable. It says a lot that between 2001 and 2007, his only losses were to BJ Penn and George St. Pierre. And I also believe he's the reason GSP's wrestling became world class. Because George knew that he had to get on Matt's level in order to defeat him. So once he finally did, his future challengers had to do the same, which continued the evolution of wrestling as a predominant fighting style in the welterweight division. And I believe that all started because of Matt, who was not only winning all the time, but was also
also doing it with so much heart, which made him one of the most popular MMA fighters back in the day. That's why I would give his MMA career a 9 out of 10. It's a shame he didn't develop his striking earlier, as near the end of his career, it was much improved in comparison to his prime. And although he's regarded as the second greatest welterweight of all time before George St. Pierre, he was a huge influence towards his career. Plus, he's one of two men to defeat him, which is a huge accomplishment in itself. And you can sort of consider him as a Gracie killer with all his victories over Gracie Jiu-Jitsu practitioners. Of course, there was much controversy surrounding who he was as a person, but I really wanted to focus on his resume and fighting. He was a part of many monumental moments in the UFC, which is why there's no doubt Matt Hughes will forever be a legend in the sport. My name is Keon, and this is my take on how good Matt Hughes actually was. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? please put in the comments down below because I'd love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's a lot for now, so I'll see you in my next one.